Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline. I am Matthew Statler, and I'm here with Neil Grogan. And we are in the seven churches of Revelation. Revelation. Revelations. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Just one. No S's, no S's. Sing- singular, not plural. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and last week we talked about Ephesus, and we talked about restoring love, and how the um, church was basically warned against losing their first love. Yeah. Today, we have Smyrna. So we're diving right in the text. We're jumping into the text, but let's talk real quickly about a guy named Polycarp. Mm. What do you know about Polycarp? Well, he was the uh, bishop of Smyrna, specifically. Um, Famous guy, ministered there 86 years um, old when he was martyred um, by the Romans. Um, But many say he was a disciple of John specifically the apostle john uh, so we're we're talking about the a kind of a, a one generation after the apostles right yeah and so polycarp he's he's walked with john he's been discipled by john we assume or we believe and uh and he's been invested in yeah and he's been faithful to invest in others specifically in the church of smyrna and uh you know, like I said, man, he's burned alive. If you can hear kids in the background, that's because we ha- have eight children in my house right now. We're yeah. having a party. We're having a podcast and a party. Podcast and a party and uh, a fire burning Polycarp to death. <laughs> Blessing our wife. Mm-hmm. Thank God for wives. Um, so, <laughs> they, amen. Uh, amen, amen. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> they said that the fire was uh, extinguished while they were uh, martyring him, and then they eventually had to stab him and... All this other stuff. But he's quoted as saying, 80, 80 and 6 years I have served him, and he has done me no wrong. And then he goes on, How can I blaspheme my king and savior? You threaten me with a fire that burns for a season, and after a little while is quenched, but you are ignorant of the fire of everlasting punishment mm-hmm. that is prepared for the wicked. And then when he said farewell, he says, I bless you, Father, for judging me worthy of this this hour. So that in the company of the martyrs, I may share the cup of Christ. Mm. And why that's significant is because Polycarp lives out the exhortation that we see here at the Church of Smyrna. Mm. Um, and remember last week we talked a little bit about when Jesus comes um, to the church, he says, or the letter starts with who he is. Yeah. And then there is a um, there could be a warning or some kind of you didn't do this so well, yeah. Or a you did this well, commendation, criticism. Yep. And then an exhortation. And so, uh, Neil, what do we see for the first part of Smyrna? Yeah. So um, it says this. So in chapter two of Revelation, starting in verse eight, it says, "And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write." The words of the first and the last who died and came to life. So Jesus, of all the things he wanted to say about himself to this church, he says, I am the first and the last. Mm, Significant. I died and came back to life. Very significant for what's going on specifically in the context of this church. Um Jesus is reminding the church of his resurrection, right? So what did Jesus do specifically, Matt, in rising from the grave? Well, he defeated death, Hmm. right? And so by saying he's the first and the last, the one who was dead and came to life, he is saying he's conquered the grave. Hmm. He says there's nothing you need to fear. He's flexing on them. Yeah, he's flexing. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like a power statement, right? Like... Um, hello, I'm omnipotent. <laughs> I am all powerful. I died, defeated death, came back to life. And it's a repetition of what we see in chapter one. Mm-hmm. In chapter one seventeen, he laid his right hand on John, says, "Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last, and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever. I took hold of the keys of death and Hades." So he is saying, look, I got the keys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, you don't have to worry, mm-hmm. uh, which is important because it gives us key, a key or a, um, 
clue. A clue. That's what I'm looking for. A clue as to the situation in Smyrna. Mm. Uh, he goes on and says, I know your affliction and poverty, but you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Mm. So what do you think is going on there, Neil? Well, I think it's important to point out that what doesn't happen is Christ doesn't criticize this church. Yeah. So we don't have a statement of criticism. We don't have you're failing in these ways. What we have is a compassionate, sympathizing Savior who goes right into commendation. And he's saying, man, there's he's, he's pointing to there's severe persecution occurring in Smyrna specifically. Yeah. You know, it's funny. There's um, everything in Smyrna is set up for worship towards the imperial court, um, and specifically the Tiberius. And before that, Domination, I believe, what came before Ty- I believe. I could be wrong. But there's there's severe persecution. It's a famous city. It's known for its myrrh, which is this crushed bark. It's uh, it's a great resource, right? And uh, but it, But it's known as a place of persecution. You know, Smyrna itself called itself the first among cities, Matt, which is really interesting because Jesus says to this church specifically, I am the first and the last. Yeah. And so for a city that prides itself and calls itself the first among cities, Jesus is so so the city's saying we have power. Yeah. We have power. Fear us, we have the imperial court, temples, worship the the, the Caesar, yep. you know, we we are strong. And Jesus says, no, I'm the first and the last. Yep. I see your affliction. I am powerful. I'm going to exhort you in, in some ways. And then he goes into talking about this synagogue of Satan and these Jews that aren't really Jews, right? So what's, mm-hmm. what's going on there is um, this is the time period about around 90 uh, AD where Jews are really separating themselves from Christians okay they're making uh, they're going to great lengths to do this so what's happened is the Jewish faith has an edict from Rome um, that's that's approving their cult worship we know Judaism is not a cult but that was the way Romans viewed them because they didn't have a pantheon of gods right um, so Jews are okay to worship however Jews do because why? Jews don't don't proselytize, right? They don't try and convert people into Judaism right. specifically. Uh, Christian Jews, Jewish Christians are. So uh, all along the way, Christians have been, they haven't fallen away from their faith, right? Like in fact, Paul, in each city he would go to, to share the gospel message, he would go first and foremost where to the synagogue. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, and we so Christians were Jewish Christians. This is natural. And but the problem is, uh, Romans and Gentiles are converting, and uh, and so we don't have this Jewish background anymore. We have we have Christians who are. you know roman and so the jews are seeing the persecution hey we don't we don't associate with them in fact we're so much not like them we'll tell you where they are because they come into our synagogues and they're outing these christians and these christians are then being persecuted and so this is really the statement that jesus is making like and then that's a synagogue of Satan. Like this is a tool in the hand of the devil, these Jews in Smyrna. And they are outing out Christians and they are being persecuted for their faith. So he he gives this like sympathetic statement almost, right, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, if you, you think about the Romans position, um, the Jewish religion is so tied up with the identity of their people. Yeah, the enemy. Yeah, there's no way that they could have come in and um, just abolished the religion of the land. So for them, they they accommodated the Jews, and I think the Jews also recognizing that they were accommodated because even if the Romans didn't like um, 
the religion and decided to remove the religion, they'd have to remove the people. Yeah. And so they knew there would be great persecution to them. Mm-hmm. And if that edict was lifted because the Christians were spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Evangelion, The right? Evangelion. And, and we see um, these people who are turning the world upside down, right? These apostles were, were looked on as um, a threat. Yeah. And we know because of temple worship. And, and But I really think it's interesting that this is the seat of Roman power. Mm. Um, and... So this is the seat of Roman power in the region. Yep. It's the first city, as they're, they're saying. And, uh, and so we know the Jews are handing him over. And he says, don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. So he gives them a warning. like mm. So already things are bad, it seems like. But it's going to get worse. Yeah. So and, he, he yeah. gives this command. Yep. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Yep. Why is that important? Well, because they're going to be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but fearing what? What is fear? Like what? We see this issue, right? Left and right in the church today, specifically kind of surrounding fear and this idea of fear, fearing things. Unfavorable circumstances or loss of something. Yeah. um, Of value. Mm Mm-hmm. So for the church of Smyrna, their lives are being threatened specifically. Their livelihood is being threatened also because they're not participating in Roman Imperial worship, which makes them traitors to the, to the kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah. Roman kingdom. So he says, do not fear what you're about to suffer. So something's coming, um, down the pipe devils at play here. Um, which we'll see in a second, but he says, do not fear, which, I, th- I just want to take a minute and just kind of tease this out some. Um, so he says, do not fear. But in scripture, we say, we hear fear what specifically? Yeah, um, I think fear death is the main thing. Um, yeah. But don't fear them either. What should we fear? Oh, well, we should fear God. Yeah specifically right like yeah. look at matthew let's look at matthew ten twenty eight, uh real quick um jesus tells us that we need to fear something <laughs> and you pointed to it we need to fear god but he specifically says do not fear those who can kill the body but who cannot kill the soul rather fear him who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell um in the second death as we see here in this this uh, uh, letter to the church in Smyrna. So my uh, my memory verse this week is Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 13. Mm. And it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you except to fear the Lord your God by walking in all his ways to love him and to worship the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Keep the Lord's commands and statutes I am giving you today for your own good. Mm. Uh, and I think Jesus just pulls pulls on that fear of the Lord, which what does it mean? Well, by walking in his ways, by obeying and loving. Yeah. I mean, that's that's essentially uh, what we see in Deuteronomy. That's what we see in Matthew uh, through Jesus. And I think this is what he is pointing to here. So I think a lot of our churches have a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a sense of trepidation Mm -hmm. about the way the government is going with um, the Equality Act. I know that's been a a hot topic for a lot of people. Uh, A lot of the opening up of abortion type things, the losing of our tax exempt status for our churches, um, and just a general sense of doom that a lot of people are feeling. Well, how many hours on uh, social media do you doom scroll? Right, you doom scroll. (laughs) And you just go, what's going to happen next? This is so bad. and we, and we begin to fear. Mm. Um, not fear of death necessarily. I think in our circumstances, uh, f- that's a fear that everyone is experiencing with the COVID stuff, which we can talk about. But I think in particular for the churches and for our churches in general, there's a, a general fear that uh, things are not going to go well yeah, for us. unfavorable circumstances. And some people would change how they operate. So mm. some churches may change the way they do church in order to appease Caesar. Mm. Um, and I think these people here would be tempted to maybe not talk about Christ as much mm. um, and get along with the rest of the Jewish uh, synagogue in order to not be outed. Um, I, don't, I don't know what 
they were doing yeah. in Smyrna, but I think there's two directions they could go, right? Or we could go. Yeah. And today we could go uh, a piece, you know, the government and by changing what we believe. Yeah. To kind of sync up with what they believe. Don't so, be on the wrong side of history. Right. So we see churches uh, flying gay pride flags today. Yeah. Um, in this month this specifically, month. Yep. Uh, we see churches. Uh, change their doctrine um, uh, towards maybe they're historically complementarian and now they've shifted gears to being egalitarian. Yep. Uh, we've seen uh, churches do a slew of things to be to, to walk in accordance with whatever culture is propagating, whatever propaganda is being pushed out by our government specifically, yep. how the media is steering, stirring people. I think the other side of that uh, sinful response yeah. is to go totally inward sure. and to to neglect the mission of God. The Benedict option. Yeah, right. Like we're gonna just be this silent group. We're gonna go find a monastery mm-hmm. and we're gonna lock ourselves down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna open up a commune or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever strange uh, reaction or response you could have. So there's these two. Um, blatantly sinful directions we could go in the face of unfavorable circumstances or persecution, uh, tribulation, what have you. But what Christ is calling the church in Smyrna to do and what he's calling us to do in the face of unfavorable circumstances, in the face of slander, in the face of uh, vocational um, threat, in the face of family separation, he says, "Do not fear." Yeah. He said, "But, but that's not saying not to fear specifically." I know that sounds backwards, but mm-hmm. hang with me for a second. You know, it's kind of a cliche, but um, I've heard it said um, by many that fear is just misplaced faith. Hmm. And I think this is kind of what Jesus is getting after here, and he's saying, "Don't put your faith, your fear." in the wrong place and losing your life even yeah or losing your job or your family being separated or whatever well, He's, prison right yeah. that's what they're going to talk about next yeah put put it somewhere put your fear somewhere in what the first and the last yep. the one who died and rose again the one who has power over death which kind of is like this is really what this whole thing's about right so man if if this is all working towards restoration right and this um new creation man christ is restoring here a right view of power yeah and man it seems like smyrna the city has a lot of power the roman authority over them has a lot of power but christ is saying no 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 I have the ultimate power. Well, think about it. If if you're Rome, it looks like you have the power over death. Mm. You can put whoever you want to death through the court system. Right. Um, the martyr of, of uh, martyrdom Polycarp. of Polycarp. Yeah. Right. They choose who lives and who dies. Mm. So it looks from an earthly perspective that they have the power over life and death. Um, and, and what we see is, he says, don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you, mm-hmm. and you will experience affliction for 10 days. Mm. And so he's kind of warning him ahead of time, the devil's in this. Yeah. Um, I've, I've loosed the devil on this, and he is going to um, test you, mm-hmm. and you're going to be tested. But... Be faithful to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. And once again, death and life. Imagery. This theme, right? This imagery of, of life. And the crown of life um, reminds us the wreath of life or the um, victor's um, crown. crown. Yeah. Wreath around the head. Like the Roman games. And mm-hmm. if they if they won the race, or the Greek games, if they won the, the race, they would get a crown signifying their victory. Right. Uh, and, and Christ is is using that imagery here of victory in life or victory mm. of life. Mm. And so even though you die, if just be faithful, faithful in your testing, 
faithful in the possibility of death, mm. but you will get eternal life. You'll get the crown of life, the, right. the victor's crown, which he has already been the victor of. So as the conquering hero, he can give the, the crown. He has the keys. Yeah. It reminds me of First Peter chapter 4, verses um, 12 through 13, really. I guess I can stop there, but really it's the whole, <laughs> it's, a, it's a quite a large second, section, probably 19. But it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Yeah. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So if you're insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, Peter says, because of the spirit of glory and the and of God that rests upon you. Um this is a it's a beautiful picture. It's like, man, don't and I, I think this is probably an area what with what's wrong or an issue in the church today. It's that we're surprised when we suffer. Yeah. We love our comfort. How could this happen? (laughs) You know, how how dare they? (laughs) Yeah. How could this happen? And man, Christ says, man, it's going to happen. Here's the norm. This is the norm. Why devil has taken this personal against you and he's coming for you. Right. And so be faithful. Fear me. Fear the one who can send you to the second death. Um, put your faith, though, in me, and I will crown you with life. Yeah. Mm. And and be faithful. Yeah. I think that's the trust in God's a good plan, Yeah. even when everything seems to go against. Yeah, it's action, right? Right. It looks like the devil has power. Mm-hmm. He's throwing some in prison, right? Synagogue of Satan. The Jews are are doing the work of Satan for him. Mm. And what? Be faithful to the point of death. Right. And you will be a conqueror. And you'll not be hurt yeah. by the second death. Man, Christ has restorative power. He has the power of our life and death. You know, um, when I was in Turkey, one of the things I got to see almost in every city I went to, or ancient city, uh, where these excavations are is outside of the city uh, the agora or the shopping area the temples outside of all of that was this this another city yeah and this city is called an, a necropolis the city of the dead and um in this city that's just covered in sarcophaguses and, or sarcophagi i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but it, it these these tombs yeah and i mean if you could imagine you know going from city to city walking into you walk through the necropolis before you enter the city in a lot of cases and so you see the city of the dead and there's some fear there Mm -hmm. it seems like there's some power there it seems like rome could send me there as a christian yeah they have some power they can exercise over me. Um, and I don't want to go there. Or I'm not ready, maybe, is the fear. Or, man, the circumstances ahead of me for us, they don't look fun. We we have a different administration in office right now, and that looks hard. Or for some, the previous administration was scary right. to them. And the things that were... Uh, being put into play were terrifying mm-hmm. um we fear uh we have faith in that yeah Hope. political system maybe this one will be the right one maybe the next one will be the right one right or man the pandemic uh, occurs and it shuts it down and there's fear you know what if i get it you know what if my friends get it? what if my family gets it? you know and these are unfavorable circumstances yeah and we don't like that it's uncomfortable. It's painful. And Jesus would say to you, do not fear. Put your faith in me. I have power over life and death. You will go to the necropolis, but I'll raise you from that city yeah. and, and crown your head with life and call you into this new city in Jerusalem um, where those in the second death can never come. Um, ever. And I send them there as well. I have power over that also. Um, 
I have power over the rulers who who put you in the necropolis. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so, man, Christ has this restorative power, and I think um, we need to understand properly what fear is and what faith is. Um, we need to not be afraid of temporary things. Um, but have have more of a long game perspective. So maybe maybe do this. Maybe think about walking backwards. <laughs> I know it might sound funny. Um, I think a lot of times we as a culture say, you know, don't look back. Don't look back, right? You can't. You conquered that thing. Don't look back at it. I think what man Christ is calling us to do is to walk backwards uh, into the into this end state right and what we do when we walk backwards is we see the providence of god in our lives we see the power of christ in our lives remember your walk with jesus remember his great work do not forget psalm 78 uh, tells us to remind one another remind our kids of the works of god that generations yet to even be born would know his work, you know? And so, man, let's let's maybe commit to walking backwards, right? Uh, and remembering the power of Christ and not being um, distracted by the potential pain around the corner. Um, you have anything to add, my friend? Yeah, I think I think the key here is be faithful to the point of death. Mm. Um, just w- walk in obedience to the Lord. Right? Yeah, and that is what the fear of the Lord is, and then love and worship Him. Right? That's right. It's about worship. Uh, I I think, like you said, walking backwards. I think um, the the biggest thing is so many people get into the throes of fear. And can't break out of the cycle of fear. Mm. Um, and sometimes they need the image of the first and the last. Mm. The risen Savior uh, with the with the nails in his hand, arms spread wide open, welcoming you back into the kingdom. Um, and so if you are in a time of fear, look, seek the things above. Mm. Read these dis- descriptions of who Christ is. Mm. The conquering king, the one who has defeated death. Um, ultimately, and he will take the tears and he will bottle them up and uh, wipe away every tear. And just that image of heaven uh, will be a sustaining point. It'll be a manna to you in the wilderness. Mm. And you can't store up manna for more than a day. You have to only do it day by day. And I think as the Israelites learn to walk in obedience in the wilderness, we too have to learn to walk. Um, right. With this faithfulness, that's right, and, and feed on who Christ is just every single day, mm. uh, and I, that's that's my encouragement um, to whoever's listening today is don't fear, but feed on Christ. Yeah, and and remember the devil is at work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's for an individual, right, Matt? So yeah. if we go a little bit wider, and maybe um, different assemblies yep. str- are struggling right now because there there's division. Right. Division over what people fear. Specifically, yeah. I've seen political division. That's it. Uh, at least in the last, I mean, I, I don't know if I've seen more political division in the church. This isn't the kingdom you live in. Well, what about the masks versus not masks? Yeah, there's you, another if, one. If your church makes people wear masks, you're not believing in God. Yeah. Right. Or if your people, your church doesn't wear, you don't love your neighbor. Right. Right. We see that going on inside the church itself. Yeah. So divisiveness is is a byproduct mm-hmm. of misplaced fear yeah. or misplaced faith. Um, it's a byproduct of not understanding who our Messiah is. Right. And it's a byproduct, lastly, um, of of a of an immaturity. Yeah. You know? Of of forgetting. The goodness of God, the, who He is, you know, and and we get stuck in this toilet pool of doom, and then we yell at each other about the doom we're in. What a, you know, Neil, I'm I'm thinking about the person listening, uh-huh. and um, they're in a church, and maybe there is a lot of strife like this yeah. during this season. Um, why not write your pastor an email? 
mm-hmm. uh, and encourage him with the image of Christ mm-hmm. and say, you know, I, I've been listening to your sermons. I really love who you are and that you love Christ. Let's, you know, I, I just want to remind you and exhort you and encourage you today yeah. um, because I, you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to get a negative email as mm-hmm. a pastor. That's, yeah. that's basically what we get. If anyone communicates with us, it's what they don't like. Um, or it's a really quick passing, great sermon, and then moving on with the day. And encourage your pastor to be faithful mm. uh, and not to get distracted. Because the temptation for us uh, as pastors is just as much, I think, a temptation as you to get distracted by what's being said on Facebook, what's being said on social media. Pleasing uh, people, pleasing pleasing, Because like, we, we want to make the right choices. Yeah, uh, We want people to be safe and comfortable uh, when they come to worship. So encourage your pastor today. Uh, reach yeah. out to him. And if you have influence in your church in general, your small group leader, Sunday school yes. leader, deacon, whatever, just regular attender, and you hear divisive talk, right? What what will you say? Well, here's a great thing you say in the words of our Savior: "Be faithful, be faithful." Um, let's stop focusing on fearing these other things, man. Christ tells us to not fear. These things, let us be united in our faithfulness yeah. to Jesus and our love for one another, uh, like we were we were reminded of from the Church of Ephesus last week with uh, the restorative love that yeah. Christ brings. He also brings a restorative view of power, a right understanding of power, and that power he holds himself. So um, this is what we have for you today. Thanks for listening in. Um, do us a favor. Um, if you haven't subscribed, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we're on every major platform. So if you're listening on an obscure one <laughs> right now, and you but you prefer another one, just search us on that one. And you'll if you find have questions us. about anything we've said or maybe an area that you're struggling with that you want um, some more words of wisdom, yeah. reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Or you're like, you got it all wrong, dude. Yeah. Man, fire those away too. Uh, uh, our hope is that we can have a good dialogue with one another. And uh, anyway, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. We out. We out.